let's go to what we are looking at today. Doc, in Sunday school, has been, has been teaching about, uh, you know, the changes, the times that are coming, you know, the difficulties that we as Christians are going to face. You know, he's been talking about that. How many of you this morning, how many of you this morning, honestly, you know, have something that is bothering you on your mind? I do. You know, how many of you have challenges today? Yeah. We all have challenges. We all have things that push us to the limit. We all have things in our lives that blind us. Yeah. And so we are kind of going to hang around that. You know, what do we do in those moments like that? What do we do when those hard times come? How do we handle those times? While you're meditating on those thoughts, on that thought, let us go to the Father. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you, and Father, we just praise you and we worship you this morning. Thank you, Father, for bringing us together. Thank you, Father, for the music and for the people that are willing to serve you. We just glorify you. And Father God, I just pray as we go through your word that you give us wisdom, you give us understanding, and Father, that you speak to each one of our hearts. May you use me this morning, Father, and uh, just speak through me. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Praising God in difficult times. Okay, that's our subject, praising God in difficult times. You know, each day, has, uh, each day has its own problem. We agree with that. You all agree with me. Each day, we face something that challenges our faith. You know, but what do we do in those moments like that? Whom do we run to? You know, I know, I know, I personally know that the first thing I do is start grumbling and complaining. And, uh, you know, by the time I realize that I should, I should actually have asked God about this, I'm about 10 miles away. And the problem has taken what? has taken root. By the time I was thinking about praying for that person last night, you know, the problem had faced that I was already in the corner by that time, you know. So when we face problems, what do we do? Do we run to our neighbors, you know, and uh, start grumbling about that? I have done that. You know, I want to say, and this is a participation sermon, okay? It's a participation. That means the audience does what? Participate. Okay. So I need someone. Our main scripture is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I need a volunteer to take 1 Thessalonians. Miss Hannah, thank you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses... Uh, 16 through 18, and I need another volunteer to take Hebrews chapter 13, 
Verse 15. I need a volunteer. Matthew. Matthew's got uh, that. And then I need someone to volunteer to take Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 16. Habakkuk. And that one is in the Old Testament, just, just in case you're wondering. You know, I need a volunteer for that one. Dr. Susan has got that one. Chapter 3, verses 17 and 19. So, uh, Christians are commanded to praise God. Okay? We, as if you consider yourself as a Christian, you are commanded to do what? To praise God. Am I wrong? No. Probably some of you are thinking, ah, yeah, you're wrong. If you go... Uh, Josh, would you get Psalm chapter 150, verse 6? Psalm 150, verse 6. And I need you to read that one before anyone reads it, before anyone reads another scripture passage. You know, we as Christians, ladies and gentlemen, are commanded spiritually to do what? To praise God. When do we praise God? How many of you love to show Christ when things are going well for you, when everything is fine, when everything, when the sun is shining so brightly? How many of you love to praise God? Yeah, everyone loves to praise God when things are going their, their way. But how many of us truly, truly love to praise God? When the storm is raging. Well, I'll tell you someone who did not like to praise God when the storm was raging. The disciples did not, did they? What was the first thing they did? Complain that we are going to die. They were in a, where was Jesus at this time when they when all this was happening? Where was he? <laughs> yes, Matthew, taking a nap. The storm, the storm outside is doing what? It's raging. But was the storm raging for Christ? Was there a storm raging for him? You, know, you want to know why? Because he was in the arms of the Father. He was content resting in his Father's arms. How content are we when we are facing a storm, when, we are, when the storm is raging, how content are we to fall back and say, ah, that feels good in the arms of our Father? <laughs> Not me. If you do, well, you, are, you are a better person than I am. Josh, go ahead. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has what? Is that, is, that, is that a command or a choice? To me, it's a command. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So anything that has breath, even, even the birds. How many of you hear the birds during the snow? Miss Hannah, hear the birds chirping when it's snowing, when they are rejoicing because Hannah doesn't like snow. The birds are rejoicing so much 
Because of whom? They are praising their maker. You know? How many of you wake up with a bird singing, chirping every morning? Yeah, I love that. You know, that was, uh, uh, I take that back. My wife is smiling back there because there was one bird that I could have killed <laughs> in an instant. You know, we were in Zambia. There's, uh, what do you call this, the guinea and uh, the turkey. So they figured out which bedroom we were in. So every morning, I, they never missed. Every morning, right by the window, they would be right there. <laughs> ah. But anyway, so Miss Hannah, get us going. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, please. I want us to listen very carefully what Paul says in this, in this passage because it's very, very important. Okay. Rejoice when? Always. always. Rejoice always. In the last part of that verse, Miss Hannah, what does it say? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Giving thanks, praying without ceasing, in all circumstances, for that is the will of God through whom? Christ Jesus. See, through Christ, you and I, should praise God. It doesn't matter what is going on. It doesn't matter what we are going through. But see, the problems that we face have a tendency of taking our focus away from whom? From God. When we shift the focus from God, when everything becomes about us, we forget about who. See, that's why I forget to go to God first. It's because everything focuses on what? My focus becomes, comes on what? On the problem. See, the problem is not my problem. The problem is how I handle the what? The problem. Whom do I hand that problem over to? I hand the problem to whom? To me. Because see, I am in control. I am in control of my life. But here, in Thessalonians, it tells us, contrary to that, you know, give thanks in all circumstances. How do you say thank you when you are being tortured? How do you say thank you when you watch your husband, when you watch your brother, when you watch your sister, when you watch your wife being decapitated because they believe in whom? Because they believe in God. How do you rejoice? How do you say thank you, God? See, that's the challenge you and I face as human beings, is accepting that in those difficult times, we can still say thank you to God. 
See, because it's so challenging to you and I, because where have we put God? We have forgotten that God is sovereign. You know, we have forgotten that God exists outside what? Outside time. See, when we confine God within our understanding of time, then God becomes equal to us. Then we start thinking God cannot handle my problem. My problem is bigger than what God can do. Does it truly, if you and I, does it truly matter if I am healed or not? See, the will of God. I, I, I don't remember, maybe some of you remember that king in the Old Testament who prayed and he was given 15 more years. Do you remember that or am I making that up? So what happened to him in those 15 years? Did he get so miserable? You know, I would say, you know, God, instead of giving me that, those 15 years that I should suffer, no, let me die. See, we don't understand God's thinking. You and I have finite, while God is infinite. Our thinking, you know, in, uh, in, in Corinthians it says, no one can comprehend, no one has seen what God has designed for his children. See, can we praise God in those times. Uh, first, how do we handle that? Uh, praising God is a what? You have to make a decision. You have to decide if you are going to praise God or not. It's a choice that you have. He commands us to praise him, but you have a, a role to play. You can choose not to praise God or you can choose to praise God. So my, uh, how many of you have uh, watched a, a hearing or a, in a case or in a murder case, you know, where they say it's premeditated. What does premeditated mean anyway? You guess that's far beyond my pay grade. What does premeditated mean? Planned? Planned ahead. See? Now, I want us to take that term. Let's use it. Let's bring it to where we are. If we premeditate praising God, when the problem comes, would we be surprised? Would it be hard for us to praise God? If we premeditate praising God, would it be a challenge? How challenging would it be in that moment? We are already in that mode, ladies and gentlemen. We are already doing what? When we premeditate something, we are already in it. We are already in the process. It's not a surprise. It's, it's something that is continual. So as the problem comes, we are already doing what? Praising God. See, Doc was talking this morning. You know, it doesn't matter how you as a... As, an, as a devil, how you, what you say to me, it doesn't really matter because I am whose? I'm God's child. So whatever you say truly doesn't matter because my salvation lies in whom? 
in God. He says that he died, Christ died so that we may become his what? His righteousness. God gave, made Christ to take on our sins so that we may be his righteousness. We, ladies and gentlemen, rest in God's righteousness. We are covered by his righteousness. So, no matter what, it doesn't change what God does for us. See, when we choose, when we choose to praise God, where is our focus? When Peter, when Peter chose to listen to Christ, as Christ was walking on water, what does Peter say to Christ? If it is you, Lord, let me do what? Command me to walk, to come to you. So what does Jesus say? What is stopping you? Come on. I'm not stopping you. Come to me. And Peter does what? He walks on water. You know, I can see this smile on Peter's face saying, hey guys, look at me. I'm walking well. I'm walking on, uh, oh my gosh. (laughs) This is water. And what happens? Because he took his focus away from the master. See, he, he saw a raging storm, and that storm swallowed him. Please help me. But see, he still cried out to whom? To Jesus. He realized that, oh, Gosh, I got the master right here who can plug me out. If I cry out to him, if I reach out to him, if I praise him, it doesn't matter what storm is raging. It really doesn't. You know, the storm rages, but it's harmless to us. Uh, The first key to praising God during a difficult, difficult, difficult times, you know, is making that premeditation. We premeditate. We choose. We make a decision that today, you know, Dark was talking about putting the full armor of God. You know, uh, you know, there are some people that literally in the morning they walk through that, putting every piece of that armor. When we put that, that full armor of God, ladies and gentlemen, I have no idea what time it is. You know, <laughs> thanks, Cheryl. It's, it's, thanks, Carol. You know, when we put the full armor of God, you know, someone read that uh, Ephesians chapter 6 this morning for Doc. Bob did. We are protected from what? The wiles of the enemy, the fiery arrows of, of the enemy, you know, we are protected from that. See, when we praise God, we are shielded. When we make that decision to praise God, we are shielded from that. All we see is whom? Is God. Because he, he, he takes care of that. 
He takes care of us. You know, uh, the psalmist in Psalm chapter 34, verse 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. The word, if you look at the word extol, extol means praise how? Enthusiastically. With enthusiasm. We praise God with enthusiasm. You know, that's what David was doing. You know, I want you to think about Job. Job was in a very, very bad predicament. Do you remember what his situation was? Oh, my gosh. Anything that could go wrong was going wrong for whom? For Job. You know, you lose your children. You lose your wealth. Oh, no, 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 it gets better. It gets better, okay? His animals have died. His servants have died. Uh, his children have what? Have died. Now, the top of it, the icing on the cake is this. His wife says, what kind of an idiot are you? Just curse this God of yours so that you can do what? You can die. Oh, so she was intending on getting rid of him. You know, but think about that. Think about what Job went through. But Job still did what? Praised God. You think I'm lying? Okay, we'll get, let's look at, let's look at that. Um, in Job chapter 1, in Job chapter 1 verse 21, Job gives us a biblical example of what it means to praise God at all times. Job chapter 1 verse 21 says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be what? Praised. See, what was going on in Job's life, ladies and gentlemen? Everything that could go wrong, every storm was raging on all sides. But see, Job kept his sight on what? He chose, he premeditated, he chose to do what? To praise God in all circumstances. The second point is uh, we praise God for who he is. Praise God for who he is. Who is God to you? Who is God to you? God is my savior. God is sovereign. God is the king of my life. So I praise him for, who the, for what kind of a king he is to me. I praise him for who he is. See, when we praise God for who he is, you know, when we look at the attributes of God, when we look at those attributes, those define who God is. God is the creator of what? 
In Genesis, if you go to Genesis, it says that nothing that exists was not created by him. Everything that is and everything that will be is created by whom? By God. Isn't that a reason enough for us to praise him? Because of who he is. He is holy. He is an awesome God. You know, regardless of what is going on. And, and you know, see, see, Jesus, when Jesus was here, he gave us a disclaimer. He says, he, he reminded us, I'm not calling you to follow me because, my, because following me is easy. Did he? He says, I'm calling you because of what lies ahead, the future that you have with me. Anything today is going to be what? They are going to hate you because they've what? They've hated me first. They are going to persecute you because they don't like me. He said, life of following me requires you to take up your cross and die. See, life following Christ isn't easy. Dr. Carver this morning says that, you know, if you're not doing the devil's job, the devil will do what? Will leave you alone. My father used to say that if you're not meeting up with the devil, you are going in the same stinking direction with him. That means you're headed towards what? Towards hell with him. See? We praise God because of who he is. You know, in Psalm, chapter 30, in Psalm chapter 33, verses 4 and 5, David summarizes this best. He says, God is worthy of praise because he is morally perfect and holy. He says, God is, is worthy of our praises because, because he is faithful. God is worthy of our praises because he is righteous. God is worthy of our praises because he is just. God is worthy of our praises because he is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth in him shall not what? God is love, ladies and gentlemen. It's worthy. Just knowing that he sacrificed, he sent his son to down the cross, just knowing that for me, it's worthy. His praises. I should praise him. I should glorify him for that. Because, ladies and gentlemen, without the death of, the, uh, without the death of Christ, you and I should, would be still languishing with offering, uh, offering the, trying to find a best lamb to offer to him, still trying to offer the, the atonement lamb. You know, but because we have a perfect lamb in Christ, he sacrificed him, he loved us so much, in that we, can, we, we are free. We are free. You know, his grace... Is abundant. His grace never runs dry. He will never write you, what do you call those checks? A bouncing check. He will never write you a rubber check. You know. Every check God writes, it's guaranteed. You might as well just say, I'm the richest person in the world. He guarantees us, ladies and gentlemen, we praise him because of who he is. You know, uh, third point, uh, we praise God for what he has done for us. What has he done for us? Gosh, the, 
easiest thing, ladies and gentlemen. He gave his son. Which one of us, which one of us in here would be willing, you know, to give their child on behalf of someone? No, okay, you know, some of you are saying we don't have children. Which one of you would be willing to give their parents, say, hey, you can have my parents on, and, uh, you know, how many of us would be willing to do that? Eh. No way. To get to my wife, <laughs> you would have to go through me first. To get to my kids, you'll have to go through me first. You know, I'll fight to what? The death. But God, because he loved you and I, what did he do? It was, non, it was non-negotiable, was it? It was, you go, you know what to do. This is what you were created for. These are my people. I love them. See, Christ died on the cross. Not because you are special. He died because of love. Because he loved you. How did he handle going through that trial? Can you imagine knowing that you are going to die and you come willingly, knowing that you are going to be crucified? Can you imagine the anguish that, let's go back to the garden, to the garden of Gethsemane, what was happening to Christ? He prayed to the Father because he knew the only one who could take care of him was who? The Father. How about us? In, 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 when we are facing those problems, how often do we bow down? How often do we fall on our face and ask our Father? He says, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you, when you ask, you don't ask in what? In faith. Do we have faith? He says, if you have a faith, if you have a faith as a master seed, you can move what? You can tell this mountain to move and jump in the ocean and it will do what? Oh, mouth. See, we praise God for who he is. uh, No matter how much trouble we face, God has sent Jesus to take care of our biggest problem. What is our biggest problem, ladies and gentlemen? Isn't it sin? That's our biggest problem. Diseases, sicknesses are minor compared to the biggest problem that we have. Sin. You know, temptation. You talked about temptation this morning. Yeah. We face temptation each day. How do we overcome that? By through Christ. You know, uh, we praise God for what he has done. Praising God during difficult times, okay, is to remind ourselves that he, to remind ourselves what he has done for us. If we can praise him, we have to look back and see what he has done for us. How has he protected us in the past? What has he got us through in the past? See, it reminds us where we have been 
and what has been done for each one of us when we praise God. Uh, to praise God, we have to be willing to unlock our tongues and worship him and praise him. See, we have to extol him enthusiastically. We have to worship him. We have to praise him with enthusiasm. We have to make a conscious decision. We have to premeditate, you know, that we are going to praise God. It doesn't matter what, what I'm going through. God is still my what? My number one. God is still my centerpiece. God is still my focus. The problems aren't. Truly. You know, problems will pass away. We will spend eternal, eternal life with him. Remember who God is. He is a great God. He is worthy of our praises. Uh, sometimes our circumstances seem so great, uh, seem greater than what we can handle. Because they seem so greater than what we can handle, what do we think? We start thinking that God, because I can't handle this, that means God cannot do what? God cannot handle it either. It's too big of a problem for God to handle. You know? And we hold our faith in that, that, well, God can't handle it. Why pray to him? See, problems, when we focus on problems, they cloud our vision. When the disciples in the boat, when they focused on the storm, they, they forgot that Jesus was with them, didn't they? How long did it take them to remember that Jesus was in that boat sleeping? You know, by the time they remembered, the storm had been raging for how long? <laughs> you know, finally they remembered, oh, Jesus is downstairs. We need to wake him up. They woke him up. He tells the storm, would you please shut up so these people can let me so I can rest? Yeah. And what did the storm do? It obeyed. It obeyed. See? That's the kind of a father we have. That's the kind of a savior we have. You know, Dark talked about praying to him, asking him, because he wants to hear from us. It's not that he doesn't know what we are going through. You know, he wants us to come to him and trust him that, hey, I'm giving you this. I'm bringing it to you because I know. But most of all, Jesus in the garden, when he prayed, he said, your will, but not whose, not mine. That's all that matters is his will. Are we willing, ladies and gentlemen, to yield to his will to be done in, 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 our, in our lives? You know, I want you to remember these things. Why it's important to worship, to worshiping God in times of, in times of tough time. You know, tough, time, tough circumstances tend to skew our view. We overthink, we overreact, we overstate. Uh, we overstate our fears. We let anxiety and worry cloud the truth. 
we know about uh, we know about who we are, why we exist, and who we serve. So the best way to do that, to handle that, it takes when we can worship God in these circumstances, in this tough time, when we can praise him, it takes the focus off of us and our problems. See, that shifts once we focus on God. The attention is no longer on the problem, but on who can handle the problem. It takes it away from the problem. It takes it away from us. We put it on God. We surrender. Take up your course and daily die to self. Let go and die to self. It puts, when we can, when we can praise God in these circumstances, it puts our minds on the only one who can do what? Who can save us. See, when the, when the disciples put their minds on who could save them in the storm, Peter was able to walk while the storm was raging. See, he was, he was able to walk on that water. Because of who? Because he put everything in his Savior. So that's what he does. It changes you know, when we can praise God in these times, it changes our attitude, our actions, and our argument. It changes how we perceive the problem. It changes how we approach the situation. It completely changes it. It gives us, most importantly, when we can praise him and focus on him, it gives us peace and hope. My father once said, when you lose hope, you are dead. See, this gives us hope. God is worthy of our worship at all times. You and I, ladies and gentlemen, should learn to premeditate praising God in all times. Thank you. Uh,